it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-age kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Danita Bailey. Good morning. Welcome to School Days. Help for moms and dads of school-age kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm David Bailey. First, deep breath. Woosah. Woosah. It's been a tough couple of weeks. We're just catching up here in the U.S. to what many of you around the world have already been experiencing. And our hearts go out to everyone impacted by the coronavirus physically, financially, socially, emotionally, and in all the ways that you've been touched by COVID-19. So just to catch you up, if you're not in the U.S. or if you're listening to this, like, I don't know, in the year 2030, last week, the coronavirus frenzy hit us here in the U.S. We became aware of more cases of infected people and then a domino effect of school closings and quarantines and declarations of states of emergency at the local and state and federal level, the end of professional and collegiate sports and Walmart. I know, right? (laughs) And Walmart and Costco started looking like the apocalyptic version of Black Friday. Yeah, you sent me on in it. Remember? I know. know. Yeah, I was out for like six hours. Yeah, well, everybody had to go get that toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. So across the planet, with all the school closures, administrators, parents, and teachers are concerned about keeping kids' schools up and continuing their learning. So that brings us to the reason for our show today. So, wow, how are you feeling? I mean, you're a you're a teacher and a parent, so you're kind of doubly in- affected here. Yeah, you know, as the week progressed and we weren't sure if we were going back or not, I was thinking, okay, this is going to possibly keep on going uh just how am i going to move forward uh with a plan and so I, i've been working on those things to get my kids ready and i'm gonna roll that out today to all my families and so um it, it's real and you know this is our new normal and we have all to right. adjust for we don't know how long we think it's two weeks but well they're saying it's two weeks because you know that's where they are right now but it may be longer we, we don't know it might be two months we, we don't know so right because the cdc just uh gave a recommendation yes just yesterday uh that we don't have any more gatherings of 20 or 50 or 50 or more right um so that's we don't know how that's all going to impact us but you know meanwhile we're parents right and uh so we have three little people 12 9 and 7 at home who are going a little stir crazy oh yeah you know it's uh cabin fever is real and for real and uh but all of you know the library and the places they go to hang out and you know do things the rec you know, center yeah the rec center i'm gonna miss the rec center yeah our 12 year old like lived there right playing you know, basketball you know and so you know it's real and you know kids want to move need to move and get around and do things and you know but we don't want them to lose their skills and so uh you know we're working on this we're right there with you guys as parents and to know that the, you know we're here to support you we you know put up the special edition today uh to press in and and talk to some experts here um on how to 
make these adjustments as we move forward. And so uh, we hope this is beneficial to you and let, let's get started. Yeah. So be sure to listen to the end. We'll provide a bunch of resources for at-home learning, for uh, for your new status as a, a homeschool mom, dad, grandparent, aunt, uncle, uh, resources and ideas to help keep kids occupied as, as well as at-home learning while we're all cooped up. And I'll also list a bunch of past school days episodes that you should check out that will help you with both. So today, our first guest is Carla Gurley, who is an American teacher who has been teaching in Shanghai, China for three years now. And she's going to join us via Skype. So welcome, Carla. Nice to be here. Yes. We also have... Uh, joining us in the studio, Willie Wimbry, who is a principal and an educator for 20 years currently in Mansfield. Hello, glad to be here. <laughs> so thanks for getting up early with us. And Carla is actually, um, what time is it there? 10, 10, 20, something? 10, 20. 10, 20. Yeah. 10, 20 so, p.m. Yeah. So you're usually in bed not by now. So thanks for hanging in with Two us. Two hours ago, apparently. Yeah, she's, our, <laughs> she's usually dancing with Mr. Sandman by now, but you know, because... Carla loves us, and she's a former noggin coach. Um, Absolutely. She, I love you guys. Oh, yeah, we love you too, Carla. We're so glad you are here with us today um, to share about your experiences. And, you know, we've known Willie for years, and uh, we, we love Willie. Um, and uh, he's going to break it down for us. Uh, and so you know, we're going to bring it from two perspectives. Um, so parents, listen in, take notes. Uh, and uh, we're going to do the best we can to help moms and dads with school-aged kids. So let's go, babe. All right. Let's jump right in. So for those of us who supposedly only have two weeks off, why can't we just chill and just enjoy the extra vacation? Would you like me to respond first? Sure. Whoever. Jump, just jump in where, where, whenever you can. Yeah, by all means, do not just chill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the children, children and adults need structure. Mm. Um, we don't want the students coming back into structure when we get back to school uh, suddenly. So keeping up with our reading is very important. Keeping up with math is very important. Mm -hmm. um, we want routines at home where students can be students at home. Parents can be involved. Um, do not let them sleep all day, please. Do not let them <laughs> eat whatever they want to eat. Uh, keep structure there so when they come back, they can they can um, just re regroup with the structures we have in schools and be successful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Carla. Any insights? Uh, absolutely. Um, routine is very important. I am a kindergarten teacher, and my students are used to routine. And so it doesn't hurt to have routine at home. And if kids know what's coming next, they know how to prepare for it. So to just chill all day for the next two weeks isn't going to be beneficial for them when they do go back to school. So, of course, downtime is great and having time to relax. But you want to make sure that they have some structure and that they're getting in some type of academic time so that they don't lose the skills they've been working on um, all school year. Yeah. Here in Dallas, it seemed like schools were very slow to close. And for those of us not involved, you know, because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, it seemed like a no brainer. So what are some of the reasons administrators wouldn't want to close schools or didn't? Well, from a campus administrator perspective, you know, 
I hear things constantly on a daily basis of things that we kind of protect parents and teachers from hearing because the information we receive sometimes is uh, oftentimes is inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I can imagine what district level concerns are, are brought to districts where it's not valid information or accurate information. So to be careful to know what to do is, um, is a constant thing on our minds. Mm-hmm. So our district actually shared information with us in the middle of February uh, so we can share with parents and respond appropriately if parents had questions. And they posted information on uh, the website, on the district website, so parents can see that too. And they were frequently asked questions throughout the world to help um, to help our, our community understand where our district is and where our nation is, where our world is. And then our district did really well also in communicating with the leadership of campuses over spring break, letting us know that there would be some changes coming soon, even before they knew what the changes were going to be. They right. didn't know what the final decisions were going to be, but they made us aware that they were having a meeting to decide what we're going to do in these the rest of this month. Our district is uh, very cautious in doing things that's best for kids, best for students. And I think most districts are the same way. Most of us who get into education are there because we have a heart for kids it's not only about education, it's about life. We want kids to grow up and to become successful. We want those who work with kids to be successful and helping kids grow up and be successful. And doing something that causes kids to miss out on what we want to do with them, that's a big decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want them to miss school. We don't want them to miss the routines. We don't want them to miss learning the ways that we believe are the best ways to learn. Uh, but our district did make that decision that we need to take some time, some more time off to give life and health priority number one yeah. right now yeah and also are you you know do you think that they were also considering how it would impact the families you know because we've seen a yep. lot of districts step up and say mm-hmm. that they were going to provide school lunches there's a lot of kids who are on free and reduced lunch and some of them depend on those two meals in order to have sustenance during the day so not being at school is kind of a big deal that is true I've been in, I've been teaching for a long time, administrator for a long time, where I've seen times when districts have shut down and it, and it wasn't planned way ahead of time. It may be for just half a day or a whole day or a maybe snow a few day days. Or snow like days. And actually snow days are easier because parents stay home as well. Mm-hmm. But when we have other things that cause schools to close um, or even, even planned closures that are just a half day closure, sometimes that's very detrimental on a family that depends on that eight hour day to, to take care of their kids at the school. Right. So parents have to take off work or plan other things. Um, there's been a lot of pushback from families who struggle with that. In my experiences and in both of the school districts I've worked in, I've seen this happen where parents will say, Hey, what are we supposed to do now? Can we please have a better calendar next year? Or can we please be better prepared for these types of emergencies in the future? I'm I'm sure that went through the minds of our district leaders mm-hmm. uh, when they made this decision. Like, what will parents do? What can we do to help parents who who will have this problem? And I'm sure that's happening this week. Yeah. T- today is our very first day for our district not having school because of what's going on throughout our world. Mm-hmm. And there are parents who who have been scrambling because they just found out maybe five days ago that this was going to happen. Yeah, because you know some of these people. Um, are going to lose revenue because they're not able mm-hmm. to go to work. And then now they've, uh, some people are going to have to pay childcare costs because they can go to work, but usually the kids are at school. 
So, yeah. you know, not having school is has kind of a ripple effect of, of difficulties mm-hmm. for a family. Uh, hey, Carla, so for you, what was the experience like as things began to um, go downhill in China and how, you know, how were things communicated with you and how did it impact, you know, you as a teacher and, and your students? Well, <laughs> this all started um, right as the Lunar New Year was happening, Chinese New Year. And so a lot of people were on vacation. Chinese New Year is one of the biggest holidays here in China, and it's when most people travel, go to your hometowns, um, take your longest vacations, much like we do for our Christmas holiday in America. Um, So when all of this kind of started and was happening, I was at home in the States, um, and everybody was asking me, are you going to go back to China? What's going on? And so while I'm at home um, in the States, I'm getting emails from HR and from my kindergarten department, and I'm watching the news and seeing messages. And by the time I was headed back to school, they had already said that school would be closed um, at least for the next two weeks and that people would be on two-week quarantines until everything was handled and contained. And we're still technically on quarantines, and school is closed just until further notice. Um, until how, how, we get I'm sorry, how long have you guys been out now, Carla? I'm sorry, how long have you guys been out now? Uh, since January 10th. Oh, boy. Right, because of the Chinese New Year vacation. If, yeah. How long is that yeah, usually? I, that vacation is usually about three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were scheduled to go back to school on February 3rd. And so February 3rd to right now is six weeks. And so they've been out of school for about six weeks when we should have been in school. Right. And so if we don't include the holiday. Yeah, and so you mentioned uh, quarantine. So how do they define that there, um, and how did it impact you and your students? Quarantine has had very different uh, restrictions depending on where you live, what part of China you're in, the city you're in, and the district you're in. So I'm going to speak for me living in Shanghai, but uh-huh. I do know cities like Wuhan, where this started, their quarantine restrictions were very different. But when I came back to Shanghai, they said you're on a two-week quarantine and they didn't want you to leave your home. And you were asked to avoid large crowds. Most businesses and shops were closed. Um, If you did need to leave your home, like I was allowed to go to the grocery store, but you have to have on a mask, face mask when you go into the store. And your temperature is taken before you even enter. Um, And so get what you need and then you go back home. And there are security guards outside of your apartment complex, and they wow. know, like, they give you, like, a little pass, and they know that this person left this many times in a day, and so they don't want you leaving 17 times in a day, going out, coming back, going out, coming back, because that just increases the number of times that you're out and the number of people that you're around. Um, and so 14 days just inside, staying away from everybody, because the symptoms are said to take about 14 days to appear. So you just need to be inside for about two weeks. Right. You know, so we're, we're at the point now where, you know, the districts, at least where we are, are saying, you know, two weeks, um, we're going to be out for two weeks. And you were, you were there. Um, as things progress, though, it clearly has not been two weeks. So as you got closer to that two-week limit, kind of what happened, um as far as communication goes and, and, you know, the implications that it had on the, on the extension with, with your students and, and yourself. 
Yeah, so as the weeks and the days kept going, and it didn't seem like at that point the numbers were decreasing. Mm. And there was still a lot of staff members, a lot of foreign staff who were out of the country. Some people were not able to return back to China just because flights were being canceled like at crazy rates uh, those first two weeks in February. Uh, people just couldn't fly and they couldn't get back into China. And so, you know, we can't have school if we don't have teachers. And so that was one part of it. And another part was it was just increasing in different countries around the world. We were slowly seeing numbers in other places. And so China's like, we don't need to go back to school. There's no reason to put so many people in one place and something could happen. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to continue to be at home. And students are going to move to online platforms for learning until it's safe to go back to school. So how did they even begin to train you guys? Because, I mean, how much online learning was done before this? Was this like a completely different concept? Yeah, uh, for my school, it's pretty much a new concept um, for doing online. And we all pretty much figured it out together. Mm. Um, we have a site that we use that's connected to our, our school's, I don't know what the word is, not a school's web, like our school system. And the parents have a username and password and they can log on to the site. But we figured it all out. The IT department helped us and walked through it with us and told us how to upload things and how to do things. Um, in China, a lot of sites are blocked. And so you have to use what's called a VPN to log on to Google or Pinterest or certain sites. And so we've had to work through those challenges um, of making sure certain apps can work while at home. Um, one teacher uses a certain app to do her videos, but I can't use that app if it doesn't work on my computer with certain blocks and things that we have here. Um, so I've had to learn a lot of things to do this online learning. And I don't know how to edit and trim videos and do all these different things. I didn't know that six weeks ago, but now I can do the basics. Um, <laughs> You've got a new skill video, now. I can edit it. I can input it into something else. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting better at this. My first videos were pretty bad. <laughs> I felt really bad for my students, but, you know, it was all I knew how to do. Um, and so you just get better and better, and it's a work in progress. I've told my parents thank you a lot because I feel like they're, they're doing a lot of the hard work, too because uh, we're uploading lessons, but somebody has to do this with them at home. Um, so I'm really thankful for the work of the parents that they're doing. Yeah. So the reason why I said that, though, is because you've been doing the flipped classroom, David, yeah. for years. and the, about, about three years now. For about three years now. So yeah. you've been doing a lot of the video um, online learning and things like that, but yeah. that's not a norm for teachers. Y yeah. Um, you know, it, it was new um it it was when it was introduced to me um went with training and i said hey you know let's let's go for it it's something new and i think it could be beneficial um and i just began this journey of trial and error and making a lot of mistakes and and learning how to post and setting up google classroom for my students and mm -hmm. and connecting them there and showing them how to watch the videos and even how to evaluate different types of um, lessons and then you know how to you know shoot and then you can pause and integrate questions in and they can answer them and get data from them um so you're all ready <laughs> yeah pretty much um yeah and then you know and then even with my private business with noggin educational coaching um last year uh when i took one year hiatus from the classroom i began to do distance learning and i had a client in chicago 
Illinois. And so I began to learn how to do a, Online a, vir- tutoring. Right, a, vir- a virtual whiteboard and we could interact with each other. Um, and then, you know, so now when I introduced it to my students, it was new for them. They had not experienced it before. And they're looking at me like I was crazy initially. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's so funny. You were crazy, but now you're a genius. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How you like the now? <laughs> no, but but, you know. But with it, they began to adjust and, you know, I integrated myself in. Um, and so they got a piece of me and they got a piece of the technology. So when I sent my notices out today, my kids know what to do. Yeah. So they're going to be ready to, to hit it from the hit it from day one. And so now I'm going to, you know, just, you know, I'm going to add some new things. We're going to do some online communities um, where we have a, a virtual classroom set up and, they can engage with one another um, and they can interact and do work on a whiteboard and screen um, as well. And so uh, but it took time to get there. Um, and, uh, you know, so as teachers are going through and that just kind of leads me to kind of back to Willie um, as teachers are. You know, I'm not sure you know, at your school how technology is integrated, but how you as a as a teacher, let's say you have an old school teacher. Um, or someone who's a brand new teacher um, who has not been used to integrating technology and um, how has that been for you and and how how will you be supporting them in this new transition of this new reality of learning and teaching at our, at our campus we're elementary and um, we're still teaching students or children how to use Google Classroom and how to use um, apps that are that they can recognize just by touching, not necessarily reading, right. um, because we have children from pre-K babies, through right. fourth grade. So we we um, we have some things in place for our students even before this occurred, because we want parents to be able to help students at home anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of our information we give them is through our website, our campus website, we have some other uh, avenues we communicate with parents so they can understand how to find certain YouTube videos that are popular for the kids with learning and counting, uh, recognizing numbers and shapes. We also have some websites that students use that if they have uh, technology at home, students not access access it themselves to help with reading and math. Uh, This week, our our school has provided um, more information for parents. Uh, we actually just submitted information last night and this morning to help parents give students, give their children something to do this week. Some of the, like one of the questions I asked the teachers was, what is something you think will be a problem if students are not practicing right now at home? Something that they already have learned, that they continue to practice to help them come back in and maintain what they have learned. Mm-hmm. So when they come back in, it's a smooth transition and in, in reteaching just a little bit and then moving on onward so our teachers develop a list uh, some of our teachers before i even asked were already creating this mm. um, i was very surprised <laughs> but, uh, because of spring break for us last week but right. over the spring break and over the weekend uh, several of our teachers created this already so i asked every grade level yesterday and they had it in uh, by midnight last night wow. a wonderful uh, wow. tech apps teacher named jamie she put it all together organized it so parents can now today Go to our website, go to what we have. We have Class Dojo. That's how we communicate with parents. We have a uh-huh. Facebook page. We have Twitter. And again, our website. They can go there right now and they can look at my child's in pre-K. 
and they can see what should a pre-K student be working on at home, whether it's something online or something parents can just do with them, recognizing numbers and letters throughout the house. And all the way up to uh, fourth grade, we have the same similar information. The parents who, um, we also were proactive in helping parents know this is our main way of communicating throughout the year. So every parent knows about Class Dojo. Uh, we've had to sit down and help parents how to uh, understand how to put Class Dojo on their smartphones or how to access it through a computer. Right. Uh, parents who, we haven't had parents who don't have technology access. Mm-hmm. When we've dealt with those issues, they may have limited access, but they all have access at, at my campus. Thankfully, they'll have access to use technology one way or another to see Class Dojo, which helps them know exactly what I'm talking to you about right now, but also helps them have a uh, quick access to links so students can watch videos or, or uh, play learning games or activities at home. Let me ask you. So we are in what what our kids are in Mansfield ISD as well, mm-hmm. where you're te- where you're a, a principal, and so your school it does not have very many parents that don't have access. But there are some in yes. our district mm-hmm. that um, have more low income families. Have you talked to other um, principals and administrators about what they're doing about kids that can't don't have access to technology, may not have internet, may not have a tablet or computer at home? No, we're having a meeting this week in our district with all principals is a zoom meeting. Um, so we're going to meet through new technology and our district is going to give us some newer guidelines on what we're to do next. Uh, part, even what our campus is doing now, starting today, we may have to tweak that a little bit after meeting with the district and our teachers know that and we're prepared to tweak how we're going to uh, go forward. But in that meeting we're going to have with the, with the, district i'm sure we will do more collaborating of how to handle that exact situation because it's not just with um families who have limited access to technology it's also uh, limited access to other things too right Mm -hmm. what can we do to help them with food because we're giving out food uh, this week and there may be some other dilemmas that other campuses are having that we may not may not understand and just like carla just said we're we're learning this together and not just as a district but as a nation right like how, how can we help more people more of the time and we're figuring that as we go mm-hmm. but again I, I believe that our focus right now is not just instruction or education or routines but it's safety first mm-hmm. so we're going to take care of the safety first and we'll pick up on everything else that we have time to get to as time permits right do the schools or their, or their districts rather, do they have some sort of guidance from the government um, to provide schools to prepare for a situation like this with infectious disease outbreaks? Because this isn't the first time. This is the first time we've experienced it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it was 1918. There was the Spanish flu that caused them to close schools. So, mm-hmm. you know, if history repeats itself, we hopefully had had a plan for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um. The nation actually gave us um, a mandate to have all administrators and other staff members trained in FEMA training. Hmm. So throughout this year, we're completing FEMA training, which is something we do on our own online. Um, but there's some some really uh, strenuous testing that that you have to pass to show that you have completed the training. Um, the training is very detailed, and what I've learned so far is that it's um, the training covers any kind of disaster or nat- natural disasters or even things that go on with health issues and 
what it basically says is there are systems in place that will come in, which helps us communicate with outside sources and authorities who will come in and help us set up a, a template for structure. Uh, that structure isn't something we like know and memorize. It's just pretty much a, a general understanding. This, this is what happens when emergencies occur. Mm-hmm. And there's always somebody who's in command. Uh, in this case, in all the, both the districts I've worked in, we lean on our hierarchy that's in the district. Mm-hmm. So I would talk to my supervisor who talks to their supervisor and we pretty much listen to what's going on. And when it comes to health issues, we have a, a director of health services who is the one who will talk to my boss and my boss gives us that information or the director of health services gives us that that information directly. But as a principal at a campus, we don't take the lead on making those decisions. We uh, we have staff in our district who's above us, who's very capable, who's very trustworthy and proven to do the right thing. So I, I'm not an expert to answer questions on what our district does to follow what the government has told us. Mm-hmm. But I do know there are systems in place that are very stable uh, to help us do things in a safe manner and in a, a legal manner. Okay. Yeah, hey, hey, uh, Carla, so, um, were there any guidelines uh, given to you guys in regards to this or just in general, or were were there things that kind of rose up as the situation progressed? Um, pretty much as, as soon as the country was aware of it, uh, the government sent message to, very similar to what Willie just said, but the government will send messages to school administrators and officials, and then it'll trickle down to the teachers and to staff. But as soon as they were made aware of everything that's going on, the biggest thing was safety. And it was, we need to do a lockdown and we need to quarantine and we need to keep people safe. That's first and foremost. And our school's HR department consistently sent us emails um, after the government sent word. And they let us, they kept us in the loop of everything that was going on. Because, of course, for me, everything happens in Chinese first. So the government makes decisions. They say what's happening. And then our our school will translate everything for us. And then they'll send us messages so that we know everything that's happening. Um, And they just haven't told us yet when we'll go back to school, when it'll be safe to do so. And so we just wait. You know, I wanted to ask, well, as things have progressed, because it's it's interesting that, you know, you are kind of the future version of where we are right now in a sense um as you know you've already gone through some of the things there but you know um how were how parents or families adjusting that had uh both parents that you know, work away from home um and now they're sitting there with their with their child looking at them like okay uh hey mom dad uh it's it's definitely been tough it's not easy because there are some parents who need to go back to school, uh, not not back to school, to who need to go back to work. Uh-huh. Um, luckily for some parents, um, this was the holiday season, and so grandma and grandpa happened to be in town and just got to stay longer, and so they had help. But everybody doesn't have that help or that assistance. And so that means one parent is staying home, and one parent is going to work to stay um, with the kid. Wow. And so that part has definitely been tough. Um if a lot of people here, they do have help at home. So they have something called an IE, which is 
you know, very similar to like having a nanny. But even everybody doesn't have that or because of what's happening, you don't have the extra help because that person needs to stay at their own home and be quarantined right. and not leave their um not leave where they live. And so it's definitely affected a lot of different things. And people, parents are just at home with their kids. Um, we do, we've been doing face to face calls with our kids just so that they can see us. It's not a lesson. It's not learning time. It's just about 10 minutes with students just so that they can talk to you. And some of our moms and dads are like, we're ready to, for you to go back to school. <laughs> we miss school so much. Um, right. They're tired and it's hard. And parents are great and helpful and involved, but the fact is they're not teachers. Um, and yeah. for a lot of yeah. my parents, they're not English teachers. You know, at least at home, oh, yeah. our parents know English. Um, and so they, they have at least that edge up, but I'm teaching English to my students. And so all of my parents can't help with the lessons, even if I send, you know, translated instructions and I we explain what to do in English and Chinese, if the parents' English level isn't... Um, high enough they just can't help their kids and so i have some kids who really can't do any of the work that i sent um wow. and so that part's really tough because there's just not much else i can do until we're back to school and we're face to face in the classroom um another question i wanted to ask was so in, in shanghai it's a pretty metropolitan area correct I'm sorry. Can are you, you say it again? Yeah, are you in a pretty metropolitan area, or is it more rural area, suburban? Like, what what, what type of it's, area are you in? I'm in a very city metropolitan area. Shanghai is very, I don't know, it's very city. Yeah. Um, and it's full of foreigners, and it's full of expats. My school, though, is about an hour south of the city, about an hour south of where I live. And it's full of everybody. Um, and so you have people from very different socioeconomic backgrounds, very affluent and not affluent, but they want their kids to have this opportunity to attend this bilingual school and have foreign teachers and learn English from native speakers. Um, and so everybody at the school doesn't necessarily, every family at the school doesn't necessarily know English. And so they really... Um, attending the school is a big deal because your kid goes to a school with foreigners and your kid goes to a school where they're learning English from native speakers because they learn English in public schools, but they're learning it from Chinese teachers who learned English in school. And so it's a big deal if you go to bilingual school or to international school. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, so as, as that has, as the situation has continued on and on, um, I'm sure in some capacity, um, not just with a parent staying home, but, you know, with the nature of the economy changing, um, the families begin to reach out to you as maybe, you know, employment situations changed or, you know, health situations changed. Um, how did you as a teacher adjust to that if, 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 if it did impact you at all? Did you ever hear like from parents like, hey, you know, things have changed or, you know, I don't know because it's tuition-based school, I'm assuming. Um, now we can't pay. Like kind of how, how did things shake out as you've seen this thing go on um, over time? Just just with the school? Um, uh, I can't really say. That's more from an administrator's um, gotcha. aspect. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how to answer that question. 
I, I have a question though, and for both of you, and Willie, you're you're just starting this, and you're in elementary school, so most of the parents probably can grasp most of the content. But what happens when you know your kid has calculus? <laughs> you can't do calculus. Like, is there some thought from administrators about how they're going to handle that kind of thing? Well, that's actually why we started um, with this proactively. Like at the beginning of the school year, each year, we want to make sure we give information to parents where they can see how this new math, this mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how, why are we teaching my kids how to do math this way? Yeah. We, we, we sent home links and videos Either the teachers can create their own videos or they find videos that teach the same concept and they send it home to parents because there's many, many different things that that students have to learn certain ways because it's going to be tested many different ways on the test. Mm -hmm. So there's math starting in the third grade where parents are like, I don't know what my kid is doing. Yes, we did an episode about the new math a couple of weeks ago. So if you're in that boat. Grab right. that. <laughs> yes. So we want to make sure parents have a lot of access to seeing uh, the new ways of teaching or the new strategies that we're showing students these days. Mm-hmm. So they, they would have to have technology to see that. Mm-hmm. Or they could have gotten hard copies. Uh, at every campus, if any parents request hard copies, we print copies for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I tended to see parents tend to check out around sixth grade, somewhere between fourth and sixth grade typically is when it starts to move um, beyond where, you know, some parents are used to seeing, or if you haven't worked with something in 10, 15, 20 years, now your child's saying, you know, hey, um, mom, dad, I need help and I'm not in school. Um, you know, it, it's gonna be, and even with the video, like a parent can, they can put, put them towards the video, but if the parent doesn't even know what the content is, if they don't remember what the quadratic formula is or, you know, whatever it is, um, it, it begins to, um, parents are going to be, you know, kind of thinking through what to do. And so what I would encourage parents to do is ask, you know, are there opportunities for those, uh, uh, classrooms like our son today starting today uh from right yeah from from one to three his his, uh, ela teacher has just decided on her own that she's going to teach her class for two hours a day two hours and so you know i don't think it's going to be like rigorous teaching for the entire two hours because they're not used to just two hours of her but um she's got some videos that she's going to upload and She's not sure exactly what she's going to do either, but she's like, we're going to learn together. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. You know, so, so parents, I would just encourage you to reach out to your school, reach out to your district and find out, you know, what, what is their plan? Um, you know, videos is, are one thing, uh, but also, you know, kids still need human interaction and engagement because yeah. uh, a video can't identify your child's mistakes. They can tell you how to do it the right way, but when your child does it the wrong way, the um, video can't. It's not going to stop and say, okay, Johnny, uh, here's the reason why your problem's wrong. Um, and so um, I would encourage all parents to reach out and find out what is their plan um, as, you know, as you move forward as well. And if you need help and guidance with that or, you know, any assistance, uh, you can reach out to us and, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you guys as well. And I can give some extra tips off, you know, off grid. I would like to know as a parent, how loose or rigorous should my schedule be? Like, we're not teachers and we also don't have the kind of a teacher authority that you guys have. You know what I mean? We're, we're your parent, we're their parents, but it's different. Um, so 
what should a schedule look like for both of you? I know you're just starting. Willie. <laughs> Willie's All like, right. I don't know. <laughs> Tell us, Willie. Yeah, I think um, we're doing the same thing. We have three kids at home. And they all three go to school all day. Uh, one is a three-year-old. Yes, he's in school all day. <laughs> and I have a that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so I have a three-year-old. Oh my gosh! Uh, I have a three-year-old, a nine-year-old fourth grader, and a twelve-year-old seventh grader, and they are doing Wimbry School today. Mm, we with, call ours Bailey School. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Wimbry School is uh, my wife, Catherine Wimbry. She is doing school with them today, and it's not all. I don't think it should be an all day thing we talked about routines earlier but i think uh, when you're doing something different such as homeschooling any kind of homeschooling uh i think it's good for kids to to know up front this is how much you have to complete today not not how much time on everything but how much work we're going to complete today mm-hmm. you may have reading that'd be a certain time a day 30 minutes a day i i recommend that 30 minutes a day every day um but for everything else if you tell your children, hey, we're gonna do, we're gonna learn about this math today. You can work on your own pace. Work on your own pace. Um, I would not let kids just work any time of day they want. I would keep it as early in the day as possible, and they can earn more free time later. Mm-hmm. So if your kid wants to get that high score in that new video game, that's fine. But first, let's complete this activity, and then you can play that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to. It depends on how rigorous the work is you're giving them to, in my, my opinion. You may have them take an hour break, like we give recess. And a lot of research says the more breaks kids have with physical activity, the better they can perform when they do that reading or work math problems out. Um, so you can decide any way you want. Just definitely don't give them an eight-hour day. That is way too Ooh, long. Oh, no. Uh, a lot of schools will say four hours. Um, that That's a lot, too. But uh, just do not do it in four hour blocks. Okay. I would say do an hour now, take a break, do another hour, take a break, do another hour, take a break. Um, and I say four because those are the four main, the four main content areas, uh, ELAR, which is reading and writing. And then there's math, science, and social studies. Yeah. I was going to ask that. So are we, I guess in this time, because there's other classes obviously that they're taking yep. um, some that may be important, but so we just, are not going to worry about those, I yes. guess, during that time. Yeah. And I like to say this. I, I was an art teacher. I was a middle school art teacher. Right. I didn't know that. I saw that in your bio. <laughs> yeah. So when, um, so I'm not saying don't do elective work as well. I think you should tie that in there. But we're talking about parents who don't teach for a profession, working mm-hmm. with their children. Uh, they're going to, you want to help your child keep up with, with math and reading first. And then science and social studies, and then any uh, other elective work. If your child is a is a genius and they're gifted in some elective work, yes, by all means, do that every day. Whether it's art or playing their instrument or doing their exercises, whatever it is, do that. But um, if they are not, keep in mind you don't want to make them do art. You don't want to make them do music. You don't want to make them do those things right now until you made them happily, <laughs> healthily do the core subjects mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. my opinion 
Yeah, so we have Bailey School in the summertime. Uh, David and I do a summer math and reading program for our foundation, and uh, we feel a little guilty by the end of the summer because because we're we're uh, teaching and educating uh, all the children of the Metroplex. <laughs> our children sometimes fall by the wayside, so by the time our program's over, we're like, okay, now Bailey School. I mean, we try to do little <laughs> things, um, you know, throughout the summer, have them read and things like that, but we really concentrate on them the last two or three weeks before school starts when we start Bailey school and we do, you know, math and reading, of course, because those are the major things um, that, that cause a lot of summer learning loss. Um, but we also do art. We add that into the schedule and um, we give them at the end of the um, summer, if they've attended Bailey school and not you know pushed back, like sometimes our kids want to do, if they've attended Bailey school every day, um, then by the end of the week, they get to go swimming or something like that. Or they get to, you know, do some sort of fun thing. We can't do that now. Though, there's no swimming. There's no swimming. I know, but I'm just saying that, that's what we used to do. And then yeah. at the end of the summer, if they, they can complete, watch people swim if, on YouTube now, yeah, right? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we'll talk about some of those things that you have options for later. But if you complete Bailey, school then you, you get a you know quote certificate and you get to go to some big thing like six yeah. flags or something yeah. so <laughs> we try to make it fun and i think i would encourage parents to also do that because this is a scary time for everybody and then in, in particular kids are you know kind of looking to us to see okay is this the end of the world you know and so if we are able to incorporate some of the fun things that they like to do like go play play uh, go scooter outside or will you come outside and play with basketball with me into our day as well i think that that will help them uh just to fare better mentally yeah and socially and emotionally yeah, you know, I um actually before I share my insight, Carla, what insights do you have to share about this and you know, um how parents are working through the, the days with, with their kids? Yeah, what's the schedule look like there? Oh, well here it's different, of course, for every family just because some families are working and some families right. aren't. And so um our kids actually have lessons uploaded from all their teachers and they kind of just get to it as their parents work with them on it. The English teacher uploads lesson, um, Chinese teacher, the music teacher, the PE teacher, the art teacher, wow. and our teaching assistant. Um, and so they're not missing any part of their learning. Um, I don't know how they are getting to it at home, but they have enough learning for the day. Uh, but it's also not going to take up their entire day. I've talked to some friends at home and I told them there's no way I would expect any of you guys to do an eight hour day at home. The thing about eight hour school days is that kids have breakfast, kids have lunch, mm -hmm. kids have recess and kids have multiple teachers to take up the day and transition and different subjects. And so to try to recreate that at home would just be exhausting. Um, and so I've talked to homeschool moms and homeschool parents. And just when I see the different things that they do, you can relax a little bit, but a routine is definitely helpful. Um, just so that they know this is what I'm doing today. And this is what is expected of me. Can they watch TV? Of course. Can they have screen time? Of course. Um, but you still want to make sure that they're reading, that they're writing and that they're doing math. Cause those are things that they're going to use every day in every subject. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to um, share a couple of quick insights um, just from my evolution as an educator um, to help the parents at home. So uh, here's a reality, parents, um, and you already know this, but this is true at school as well, is that kids have short 
attention spans mm-hmm. and even shorter attention spans now with the rise of social media and you know smartphones and when i first started teaching those weren't really even on the horizons they were just starting the bud and so now it's uh it's a fact of life you know that kids are on their phones or tablets and sometimes they could even be babysitters for parents sometimes and i mean truth be told we've done it too here take this oh yeah and they're quiet and take my tablet go right and uh (laughs) you know um so the the challenge is that when that occurs you know everything's instant it's quick it's quick it's quick um and so putting them through marathon sessions now can sometimes be a challenge and what i've had to do now with my students uh is I do block scheduling. So my, you know, my classes are 90 minutes long each. So I'm, you know, I've had to learn, you No, know, I got wiggly kids and, you know, I'm teaching middle school and they got to move around. And so I have adjusted my schedule so that we do 20, 25 minute blocks and then break. And I give them a mental break for five minutes. Um, then we get back to another, then they rotate to a different station. They do another 20, 25 minutes, and then another mental break. And then they do their third push as well. So I call them sprints. Um, so a sprint is intense, but it's short. Um, and kids are energized. And I would encourage you parents to look, listen to our uh, episode on, on play and how the importance of mm-hmm. allowing children to release. That's good. Um, energy um, is crucial. Um, so if you're expecting a child to sit down, I mean, unless, unless they're just naturally bent that way, but very few are as far as what i've seen um that 15 any (laughs) um, some you know yeah uh some but most are not um so um but i would just encourage parents to make it shorter than longer and then also i would encourage you to look at some alternative learning you know that maybe don't just put them on a a bland video but find something kind of jazzy or looking at the same topics but you know more practical application sometimes we as teachers struggle with real life application um so i would encourage you to kind of mix it up a little bit uh ask them hey if you wanted to learn something about this topic what would it be and help them to explore it um help maybe this could be a time to do some special projects uh special research on the same topics um as well i'm going to be as i was an economics major in college so i'm going to you know with my algebra kids in slope I'm going to show them how positive negative slope impacts our economy so they can see some real life stuff and not just exclusively preparing for the state exams, which may or may not occur. Um, so there are some unique ways to get it out there. Um, and we're going to have some other resources towards the end to talk about that. But- Actually, not towards the end. Though. Let's talk about that now. Oh, because oh. we are towards the end. Oh, yeah. This is a good transition. I was going to say one thing. Yeah, go ahead. What he was saying, like. If this is, if you know that your child struggles with fractions, maybe you guys cook together in the kitchen. Yeah, and so you find mm-hmm. real life ways to show them yeah. uh, one fourth or one eighth or three fourths. And so this could be a great time for you to bond with your kids and to make learning really come alive. Um, you know, I have kids who really love the solar system, and they made solar system mobiles. So we just did a unit on that over maybe two weeks ago. And so we tried to find ways to make learning as interactive as possible and to keep it simple enough where the parents could do the lessons with them that they would still be having fun. You know, we said, 
make a short video, have your mom or dad record it, and they can email it to us. That way the kids are moving, the kids are learning, the kids are talking, and they become a part of it. I don't expect my kids to sit down all day at home where all their toys and all of their things are and just do work <laughs> all day. Worse, like, right, that, that's right. just not reality. And so, like, mm, how can I make this lesson fun for them while they're at home? And that's what you're going to have to do um, for these next couple of weeks while you're at home with your kids. So what are some resources I'd like to hear from the both of you, uh, from from both of you, um, that you are recommending to your parents and grandparents and whatever caregivers are going to be at home teachers? Well, for my parents, the parents of my students, the most that we've recommended, because all of the kindergarten teachers were all sending the same lessons, the same activities and the same worksheets. And so we send one video where we greet our students and we do a phonics lesson so that they can see us and that they can hear us. And we send another video of us reading our story because we're all English teachers. So we don't want them to miss out on their English learning. We send a worksheet where they can practice their reading and their writing, answer a few questions and instructions that are translated. And we've told all of our parents, if you have any further questions or if you guys don't understand anything, you can email us and then we'll further help you. So I have one student who's really struggling. So I created another lesson for her with a simpler book that was a little easier. That way she still has questions to answer that are on her level. Um, that is something that is a challenge right now because in the classroom, you have your TA, you have help. The kids are in different groups. They're working with kids on their level. And right now, everybody's just getting the same lesson. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I don't think she understands any of this. And we did when we did our face-to-face -face video calls, her dad was kind of like, she doesn't understand what are we going to do. So I have two students who I've tried to send some different lessons for just to make sure they're actually learning because they can watch the videos that I send, but it's not really helping. Um, and so just for my school, we have to all send the same material. And if we have any teach any uh, families who need extra help, they are to email us and we try to give them further help. Mm -hmm. That's good. Lily? Well, are there some that you love that you're going to be recommending? Yes, we have a we have a um, a, a website platform called ClassLink, mm -hmm. and every student can log on to ClassLink, and the teachers can post or paste websites and links to to other uh, learning websites. What we've done is one of the things we've done we've given uh, information to parents say hey have, have your child log on to their ClassLink. And look at uh, do Education Galaxy do do this part of Education Galaxy do do their iStation. Education Galaxy is math to so do the math part, and then we do iStation for reading. So we give an access at home for families to access this and work with it. For science, we have some links from STEM scopes, and then for social studies, we have in fourth grade has a Discovery Education on ClassLink as well. So we ask the parents, hey, look at these links either watch these videos, these activities, have a discussion or do these, uh, do this work to answer these questions in response to what you're seeing. Um, these are things our students are familiar with and they can work with it really well. I think it'd be fun for parents too. Every time I'm involved with students on any of these activities, I learn as well. Uh, we are big brain pop junior mm -hmm. promoters. Mm -hmm. Hey, what, watch these as well. Great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, these are fun uh, silly, in my opinion, videos that are very accurate and given instruction. Uh, we love it a lot. 
uh, our STEM scopes part of science has even more uh, uh, interesting videos for kids and learning uh, learning activities. There are a lot of other things that teachers post, and we have them on our link to our website our website link for the whole year. And most of them are games. So there are kids who will go home and they say, hey, can I play this game? Mm -hmm. And to the parent, it looks like a game because the kids love it so much, but it's, but it's requiring the students to work math problems or to do reading in some one way or another. Yeah. And a lot of these um, also allow um, parents to track their kids' progress. And yes. This Prodigy, Prodigy is one yeah. that, that our kids Prodigy. love to use. That one tracks the progress. Yeah. Uh, ABCmouse.com. We loved when our kids were younger. That's really up till fourth grade, maybe. Students. Does mm, it go that far? Uh, maybe third or so. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. Uh -huh. It's early learning. And then there's the one that they created. Adventure, Adventure Academy. Adventure Academy. That's yeah. for kids once they graduate from ABCmouse.com. Yeah. And so fun. IHL is really great for math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great for math. And then uh, you you make a um, I'm not an anime. What is it when you make a person that's yourself? What is that? In a video game? An avatar. You make an avatar of yourself and then you walk through this virtual world. You are a student at an academy. And um, so you go and you talk to the dean when you first start. And he wel she actually welcomes you to the school. And then um, you can go to the library. And then when you touch a book, then the book will open or, you know, you go oh, yeah. to different places and um, and um, learn just different lessons about all sorts of subjects and my kids really enjoyed it um we'll because bring that back up well yeah we will have to bring that back up um because it's just very interactive and fun and then you can of course change your avatar's clothes and things like that you can even talk to the kids things. and that's true right you can like you can walk up to a kid and you know have a little dialogue with them and then they they might ignore you or, <laughs> or or oh well then you move on to somebody else as well so it's it's pretty interesting as well uh, another one i recommend uh for uh, uh k through eight is prodigy um best way i can describe prodigy you know, is, is for mathematics and it's i call it like a mathematical pokemon it's probably mm -hmm. the best way i can describe it you have these little battles and uh, they'll throw up math problems and you can adjust it to your state standards Mm -hmm. as well and uh you know look at kind of what your child's needs are i mean ask your teacher hey what what's my child struggling with and they can tell you and then you can go in and, and customize the problems to fit what they do and and the way you quote unquote fight is you have to solve a math problem mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> and then if you get it right then it takes points off uh the other opponent you can battle other kids uh, the the uh, free resource is more than enough, but they also have these little special worlds and unlock things that you can if you want to pay the monthly subscription as well. Um, another one is Flocabulary is another great one Love as well. Lily mm -hmm. and Carla, do you guys know about Flocabulary? Yes. Yeah, I used that when I was in Texas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Flocabulary is great. Pottermore is a really cool website too. It's like oh. a Harry Potter themed oh, learning okay. website. It's super cool. What so is it called? Pottermore. Pottermore? Is Harry Potter? Is, yeah. Is, is that still a thing? I actually just posted um, a link with a ton of websites and resources, and I have it on there. But that one seems super cool. Another one um, is uh, Khan Academy. You know a little bit more oh, yeah. about Khan yeah. Academy than yeah. I do. Oh, Khan, you know, they, one, they have a lot of great resources for SAT and, you know, a, a prep as well. Um, it's pretty it's straightforward. It's 
it's a white a black whiteboard i guess you could describe it and you know it's a straightforward lesson um it's good for short content as well then not the most engaging, at least from my point. Yeah, of view. it's not a game, right? Yeah, you're not, you're not, you know, trying to beat anything, but just for getting good raw content um, on skills, you need to freshen up on. That's really good as well. Uh, Scholastic is also promoting its learning or learn at home website. It's for students of uh, at most grade levels, or grade levels from pre kindergarten to sixth, and um, each level features five days worth of content for three hours a day. And then they are working on right now, as we speak, 15 additional days that are on their way. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you just start to look up and research things, um, and, you know, and also I would encourage parents to stay in, engage with other parents as well to see what they have and what they know. Right. Uh, and talk to your homeschool friends. Yes. Yeah. Homeschools are like, you see? They're like, you thought we were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now you can also e e email the principal. Uh, email the teacher they have many ideas that they probably have shared they thought they shared clearly and somehow mm -hmm. the parents may have missed it yeah and just go ahead and ask the parents i mean ask the teachers ask the principals again they have no problem give you more information hey there's one thing i want to share with you guys about uh travel and leisure has a list of museums Tra travel and leisure.com has a list of museums that give you view virtual tours. Yeah. Uh, yes. And right now they're promoting this uh, nationally and it's, it's titled stuck at home question mark. <laughs> and it, these are videos you can look at with your children and look at things in museums around the United States. That's cool. That's very cool. Let's talk right quick before, uh, unless y'all have any more um, resources for at home learning you wanted to mention. Um, not anything majorly pressing right now. So. Okay. And, and again, we are all, we are going to have all of these on schooldaysshow.com um, for parents and um, other caregivers to reference. So if we think of any more and we didn't mention them, we'll all definitely add them there. Mm -hmm. But I want to also ask, what can we do? So we're not used to having our kids home this much. Uh -huh. So we want to have other ways other than at home learning to occupy them. So what kind of things do you recommend? We, uh, we've also posted some information on our, our website that shows parents some things you can do for fun. Mm -hmm. uh, like sometimes par parents don't know what to do. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's, we're eight hours a day with the kids and we're not used to doing this. And in other situations, parents might be very creative and have good ideas just rolling off their brain very easily. But right now yeah. they might be a little stuck. Like, what do I do? Freaked out. Yeah. So we have a lot of, uh, game, just fun, interactive activities you can do at home to play do games with your children. Like when I was growing up, we always played games in the car, like I spy, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, games like that, that parents can do in the house that are fun, talking games, riddle type games, uh, trivia games, and also um, things they may be able to do outside in their front yard or in their backyard. Yeah. There's something that I encourage parents to do. Um, and our, our counselor, uh, Ms. Constante actually gave us information on this yesterday as well to help with, you know, having so social emotional learning. We want them to have good mental health. So there are some students who are at home this week who usually get services at school. Yes. And parents are struggling with keeping those kids uh, up, maintaining them themselves in a successful way. So we've posted a lot of information on things you can do uh, to help with help children process their thinking process, their emotions, and, and practice things such as social skills. 
um, that can be done at home. And this will require things to do at home that we that uh, can't be done at school. So mm-hmm. it'd be the same way as what we said earlier about uh, Carla was talking about cooking at home and me- measuring half a cup, full cup. The same type of thing with social emotional learning. They will have ac- opportunity to practice doing things we practice at school, but they can practice at home. What do we do when we're playing a video game <laughs> and I'm losing and I lose my mind? You have ever, anybody ever see one of the kids do that? Like you're so yeah. No, that never happens at <laughs> our always house. Always happy when they lose. Always happy when they lose. <laughs> or when you pull the the tablet away and you're done for the night. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but you can give them uh, alternative or substitute ways to respond and and help them do that. Say, okay, when you when you lose this time, instead of yelling, maybe this time you can rub your stomach, or maybe this time you can grab this rub pillow and squeeze this pillow. There you go. Or if you're bald like David and myself, you can yeah. you can rub your head. Uh, babe, but so something, next, babe. Next time we get in a fight, I'm gonna rub my belly. <laughs> yeah. there Don't yeah. rub your dad's belly. <laughs> rub your own belly. Yeah. Or you know what? Maybe I'll rub your belly. How about that? Yeah. Anyway. Well, that'll stop the fight. Right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just had some uh, marital uh, counseling here too. So yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned something. Uh. Be, I have a, my question is, and Carla, you can tell me this as well. So, you know, this is a difficult time. So, are counselors going to be virtually available to the students to kind of work through some of these issues? I think that's something that the district is going to talk to us about. Mm-hmm. Having, uh, I think there's potentially, I don't know for sure, but there's going to be some discussion on how to do some online things for classrooms, like a flipped classroom. But that also will be required for principals assistant principals, counselors, and others, a nurse, and everybody. So we can still, number one, stay on the clock and still get paid. Right. So we're going to have to do some work right? while we're out. And I think that's something the district's scrambling to figure out. How much work can we do from home that's uh, beneficial for our students? And how equitable can we make it where every administrator, every counselor can do these things and provide these services without actually having physical contact with anybody. Carla, do you guys have any uh, school counselors that are available to work with students virtually? Um, Not that I know of. Um, That's actually something we were trying to get started with our kindergarten department. I know that the primary part of our school has counselors available and we just hadn't had those services in my department. Um, But I think during this time, it would be great to have families try new things together. So maybe you try yoga, maybe you try meditation. And so you try some calming things, you know, um, maybe you guys learn a new language together. You download an app like Duolingo and you learn Spanish or French or Latin, um, where you use YouTube to learn new languages or you learn, you write stories or you write a book. Um, this can just be a really great time. They can learn different vocal skills from, online and so there's definitely ways to be creative during this time and to keep yourself busy i kind of say that as somebody who's pretty much been inside for six weeks um <laughs> and i'm still making it and i'm doing all right so yeah. i've cooked a lot of things and i found new recipes on pinterest pinterest is full of ideas yeah and especially ideas of things that you can do at home potentially with items that you already have at home mm-hmm. um i'm really big on being creative with things you already have so that you don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Cause no one's trying to spend money right now and mm-hmm. no one's trying to order a ton of things, but you might already have things at home um, and the kids can create things. I had a kid send me a video and they like made themselves 
a robot costume just out of boxes they had at home and they yeah. decorated the costume with markers. And so it's really a great time to kind of let the kids be creative and not really hold them in the box because um, they don't have the time during regular school day. They go to school all day and then they go to sports or after school program. You come home and you have chores and different things to do. Um, so I really think that this time could be great for parents and for families. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate the way that it's happening, but we could really, you know, be productive with it. Right. And there has been, you know, some outcry in recent years about removing arts and some other things like that from the classroom. So, um, here, here's our opportunity to incorporate some here of these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have, well, well, let me say one last thing. This, how about this play? Um, you know, as adults, yeah. we, we get so grown and do so much adulting, um, you know, <laughs> that, I mean, I, I was a, you know, I was an athlete, an athlete back in the day. Yes. Um, and, you know, <laughs> then, you know, then you, you, know, you go off to school and then you start working and then, you know, it's, I stopped playing and I like to play. And so the other day with my son, my oldest son, we, he did some stuff and then, we went outside and played basketball, uh, in, in our in our driveway, and it was fun. High five to us for pulling that out of the backyard. Yes, thank you. It thank never you got played with because it was on grass. Right, <laughs> right. You can play basketball with him. You don't have to rush to, you know, grade sixteen papers or grade thirty six papers and plan the lessons yes. for the next day. It's like, wow, I do have an extra hour to kind of relax. Yeah, or right. we have time to watch that movie together online or you know whatever right. it is so mm-hmm. board I've, games. I've been telling people I've, I've, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it you know I miss school I really love school Denita hears me talk about that all the time like I actually really love school and I really love teaching and I love being in the classroom but right now I'm just like I get to rest yeah oh my gosh this has been so nice um I get to take a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon just because yes um or I have time to work out and not feel like I need to rush my workout because I have 16 more things to do. Um, so, I mean, this can be a really great time. Yeah. And for a lot of us who have a long laundry list of things that we need to do and never get to do, you can like check some things off. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. either going to go one way or the other. Either we're going to be really fit and, um, <laughs> and fine, or uh, the other people are going to become couch potatoes and, <laughs> And, and, and the opposite of chips, that, right? And, yes. and, and, and just you know, just don't go stir crazy. You know, just kind of re- rediscover that party that maybe you let die because you've been adulting for so long. Yeah. Um, that mm-hmm. maybe you know you discovered yourself. Hey, I like to sing. Let's make songs together, or you know, what you know, whatever it is, or Mad Libs. Some new things that you like, right. That you didn't know, right? Right. You you can edit video. You found out. <laughs> Carla, oh my gosh, I've, I've been, such a headache. Yeah, my videos mad. were so bad. I always tell my kids, try. We do hard things. <laughs> That's right. the the growth mindset. I wanted to kind of rattle off a couple of things that um that I came across because good gravy. In the last week, there has been so much stuff shared by people online. I mean, we've had a ton of information about things that you can do at home and programs. Um, I saw Spectrum yeah. is offering free internet access mm-hmm. to people that don't have it. Um, because we're really going to need that obviously right now. Yeah, let me say one quick thing. So for educators, um, if you're doing virtual classrooms. Uh, Zoom, usually if you have three or more people on at once in a virtual room, um, your, your limit is 40 minutes. Um, I just discovered this morning that if you go through your educational institution um, that they're doing that, they, they, they have lifted that, that fee. 
So you can have up to 100 people in a virtual classroom and it is oh. of no charge. I just discovered that this morning, kind of nice. playing around with some stuff. And so for administrators, teachers as well, um, to, to take advantage of that because normally they, they charge a fee for that. Yeah. Okay. We are so running out of yeah, time. So well, are. we're we're over. But I mean, I think that this is this is important. Y'all ain't going anywhere. What you, what you got to do? You ain't doing nothing. Stay with us. These, te- these teachers have I something mean, to do, and these you know, parents. Right. Oh, right, Carla. <laughs> you Carla, need to go to bed, don't but, but, you? But Carla, what, what what are you doing tomorrow morning? Right. You're doing nothing. She does have a job. I mean, something, but I mean, yeah, yeah she I can do get have a bunch to work months. tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay, fine. Right. It's eleven thirty-eight there in Shanghai or twenty. Oh, right, fine. Right. You do work. Okay. All right. Let me rattle off some of these. So a couple. We bought a um, uh, uh, Amazon dot. Right. So I posted on Facebook. Go back to our Facebook page and look. Um, back near Christmas. Um, commands for Alexa. So there's all sorts of fun things that kids can do. Um, to keep themselves busy and not be on screens. Uh, so there's something called Akinator. And what does Akinator do, babe? So basically, you think of any person oh, or personality right. in any stage of history, and 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 then Alexa will start asking you questions. qualifying questions: Is yes. it a male? Is it a female? Mm-hmm. Um, are the United States? And you keep that person in your head. You don't ever say who it is. And every time, almost every time, she's not that good with me. Well, you probably you probably shifted or something in your head. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So. She, she even knows when it's me. <laughs> You're, yeah, I know. I, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what did you say? It's called Akinator. Akinator, right, right? And so it basically it narrows it down from anybody in any stage of history um, that is known for something, um, and she will tell you who it is. I mean, right. I've thought of Michael Jordan. I've thought of you know, uh, uh, Sojourner Truth. I mean, just random people and. Like she did it again, <laughs> you know, and, and so and, and, and the kids are just fast. Like, how do they do that? And and because uh, you, you you can hear when you get closer to her figuring out who your person is, you're like, oh yeah, she got it now. She's on to me. And then you're like, yes, that's who it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's really fun. Okay. And then um, also <laughs> you can say so say hey Alexa, uh, play Aganator. And then also you can say, hey, Alexa, play animal exercise. So this is, they'll have you walk like a duck or she'll have you um, oh, that uh, move fun. like a monkey. So my uh, the younger kids will definitely like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say, hey, Alexa, play lemonade stand. And they actually have you be an entrepreneur with a lemonade stand. So it'll tell you what the weather is like that day. Oh, wow. um, it's raining outside. How many cups of lemonade do you want to make today? Because <laughs> they're trying to make you think, okay yeah so it's raining i'm probably not going to sell that many so and you have a limited amount of money and you just kind of advance through the through the stages so that's interesting um audiobooks um and order books you know because the libraries are closed down now here where we are and uh so you can definitely get onto amazon and order those or go on to what's the audiobook uh the major one uh where do you listen to audiobooks y'all help me you know they know <laughs> i don't know the well, thing on Kindle? Can, uh, Kindle's, Kindle's one. Why can't uh, I think of this? Goodreads? Audible. Audible. I don't know. Yeah, Audible. Audible. Yes. Uh, yeah. On Audible. And also, if you go on to schooldaysshow.com under resources, um, you can get uh, you can get the 
per, not per, sub- subscription for free for a certain amount of time. There's some sort of deal for school days. Um, school days listeners. Um, also, there's YouTube workout and dancing uh, hey, videos. Hey, Alexa, uh, play Aganator. There's YouTube workout and dancing <laughs> um, on your right smart now, TV. Right. Um, so that's just something just to keep them moving. We do that all the time. Uh, Chrissy and I love to work out. Um, and then something called Incredibox. Oh, I love Incredibox. Talk about Incredibox. So basically they have these uh, characters. They all look the same. Um, but one does the beat. One does the bass sound of the song. And then one does like a, 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 a soprano voice and one in the middle. And so then you can change them up and you get some like. Yeah, give us an yeah, example. Yeah, well, Keep going. You know, well, uh, I, no. love, I love the beatboxing. So I'm just trying to find a way to squeeze my beatboxing in here. Always. Um, but it, yeah, and they have different you know, different versions of it. And so you can create these cool songs. You can record them and then you can get them ranked by different people. And you, know, you can get the best song of the day or for the week. Um, it's really, and our kids love that as well. Yeah. Raz Kids is another online book reading um, yeah. app that you can, you know, just tons of books that gives them an opportunity to do that. Epic is also another one. Um, do you either one of you know about Epic? Okay. Jonathan, our nine year old, keeps talking about Epic. And um, most of these are free. Um, yeah, actually, all of these are free that I've mentioned they're so far. Reading, yeah. They're just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, I thought about this. Do a toy swap. So we were cleaning out wash our... First. Clean them first. Well, we wash them and clean them no, first. Please, but just in please. your neighborhood. Because you know how yes. kids get so bored of their own toys. And then they go to their friend's house and they're like, this is amazing. And their friend probably hasn't played with that in forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do a toy swap. And, you know, one one kid's trash is another kid's treasure. Um, I saw this online also. Do a video book club. Oh, that was you actually. Yeah. Yeah, Sierra is going to uh, do Sienna. Sienna, yeah, Sienna, my twelve-year-old is um, one of the moms at her school. Say, hey, can we get our kids to do a book study while we're out? And my wife chimed in and said, hey, we can set up a Zoom. So I'm glad you just gave us information mm-hmm. right there, David. So they're, um, they're setting up a Zoom to read a book. I forgot the name of the book they're doing, but they're going to read it and then meet occasionally to discuss it as a group. That's awesome. And, and there are probably forty something students or 20 30 something students in her grade level wow and i try and get them all to to be involved but they have to buy their own books and apparently they have to get it from amazon because they can't go to uh, <laughs> can't go out <laughs> right or they'll have to read them um another thing is oh and this is oh gosh Mark, our nine-year-old loves this typingclub.com this is a great opportunity for mm. kids to learn how to type correctly and so it's a cute little thing it shows you so your hands are on the keyboard then it, it will show you i guess your hands also on the keyboard so as you're touching um the keys you're looking at your self-touching the keys on the screen mm. anyway so and then you know it'll tell you a word it'll tell you um um, a whole phrase to type and Jonathan's actually gotten pretty pretty good at typing mm. so that's another thing that you can start yes. doing while we are um, not at school and then can uh, adults do that as well oh yeah okay, absolutely so yeah and then yeah I did the typing test yesterday mm. when I was trying this out and I was like oh my gosh I haven't taken a typing test since uh, my 20s and <laughs> it was actually really fun <laughs> um, oh David's saying I'm taking too long okay and then the last thing is virtual field trips um 
that I will post this on our school day's website, but there's, um, you can enjoy 24 hour cameras at different places. Like I enjoyed the Monterey Bay Aquarium. They've got mm-hmm. cameras up 24 hours. So you're watching the sharks. I was watching the, um, uh, sea otters and the penguins and yeah. with Jonathan. And he was like, Oh my gosh, this is happening right now. So that was really fun. Wow. And then I also enjoyed the mission to Mars. So you go to Mars, like the rocket takes off and, um, and then you land on Mars and they're actually pictures from Mars that you're looking at. And, um, there's little things that you can click on that will tell you about what is happening in the landscape of Mars. So, um, there's all sorts of very interesting things mm-hmm. that, um, that we can do to keep these kids company and keep these kids um engaged yeah i mean pbs is great too they have all types of stuff on mm-hmm. there which you know I'm sure many of you know about as well uh the, the old school uh sesame street mr rogers neighborhood this, yeah this stuff we grew up on as well so just yeah. want to mm-hmm. just just find some stuff out of the box um that can help to keep them engaged and get you involved in the learning as well and lastly i want to recommend some school day shows to listen to during our expend- extended spring break quarantine whatever you're experiencing uh, now, I personally think you should listen to all of them, all but of them. <laughs> these are some that will help you in your current situation of, you know, just some of the fears that the kids are experiencing and um, in our new role as homeschoolers. So we did one about anxiety and depression for helping fight their anxiety and helping to refocus them off of the kind of doom and gloom that we're hearing so much of with the um, over information that we're experiencing. Uh, we also did one uh, with a neuroscientist and that was about rewiring your brain with gratitude. That was, I think one of our, uh, one of our best episodes, mm-hmm. um, fostering a love of reading in a tech driven society. Uh, we had a, um, an English teacher come on and just talk about some of the things that she does to help kids really want to read. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. We had a teacher from Mansfield ISD come and talk about understanding the new math. So if you parents have um, kids that come home that are just in the second grade and you have no idea why you can't figure out their math, this is an episode for you. Uh, we also have a show about summer learning loss. Um, And on our website, there are, if you go to 2019 show resources, there's a link to tons of learning games and educational resources and activities um, that we mentioned in that episode. Uh, Same thing with the spring break ideas episode. We had a lot of also just things to keep them occupied for that. Um, A lot of parents are concerned about the excess screen time that we're going to experience. So Mm -hmm. our very first episode was um, gaming and students and how to curb screen time and just some of the realities of you know kids getting tablets and some of the schools Mm -hmm. are issuing tablets and so they just have so much access to uh screen time now so what do we do to to avoid that yeah i always add a couple more um the one the one on add and adhd Mm -hmm. um because kids are going to start getting that cabin fever um some strategies there and even the one on sleep uh be mindful if they've been on a routine you know, if they go to bed at 8.30, I wouldn't recommend necessarily putting them to bed at midnight or 1 now every single mm-hmm. night. And then when it's time to go back to school, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be hard for them. So <laughs> um, listen to the one on sleep. The sleep episode, that was probably one of those convicting ones that we, for me at least. And you haven't been paying yeah. attention to well, your sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, kinda, I'm off and on. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I would encourage those as well. Um, but there are many others that might uh, be more of interest to you as far as where you are with your child's needs. And we've had a lot of great experts on um, to talk about great, you know, great topics um, such as today, uh, Carla and Willie um, 
and so we just encourage you to check those out uh, because they will be a benefit to you and your parents and you know and and spread the word uh, because I'm sure other people are, are gonna be looking for you know resources as well yeah and you can find any of those episodes on schooldazedshow.com or we're on Apple podcasts and all the places where you get your um, your uh, your podcast but we are way out of time <laughs> unfortunately Carla thank you for staying up with us I know it's almost midnight in China where you are. You are very welcome. Yeah. Anything for Danita Bailey. (laughs) She sounds so tired. Thanks, Carly. She does sound tired. And thank you, Willie, for getting up early when you didn't have to (laughs) and coming and sharing some information. Noggin Educational Foundation is the premier sponsor of School Days. So we always want to let you guys know what's going on with Noggin. At Noggin, our mission is to help close the achievement gap for economically disadvantaged children by improving educational opportunities for students, supporting families, and encouraging excellence and innovation in the classroom. School Dazed is part of our commitment to support families by providing access to experts who offer information and resources regarding all topics that impact education. If you love this program, please consider donating to Noggin. Your gift will be tax deductible. Head to our website, schooldazedshow.com to give today. And also, we're taking applications for our free tutoring program. Each student receives 12 in-home private sessions with a teacher. We also offer online tutoring if you don't happen to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Students must qualify for the free or reduced lunch program at school. Space is limited. For more information, go to our website, Noggin, that's N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org, and click on the free tutoring icon. So tomorrow on School Days, this is a special week. We're going to have two episodes tomorrow on School Days, and it's going to be School Days After Dark. We have an episode, and we're going to sit down with nine-year-old, actually he's 10, 10-year-old author of What This Kid Wants Adults to Know About Grief. His name is Bryce Fields. He and his grandfather, Bradley Vinson, um, after tra- suffering the tragic loss of Bryce's little sister, began advocating for those who are in the process of grieving. So catch that episode tomorrow night on Facebook Live at 7 p.m. And as always, head to our website, schooldazedshow.com for more information about all that we're doing here and the resources that we mentioned on School Days. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And last but not least, we always want to end the show by saying that David and I are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and strength that we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you would like to know more about that, feel free to email me at info at schooldazedshow.com. Have a great week. School Dazed is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Dazed is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.